0: It's unnecessary roughness.
1: This franchise is part of who I am and who I've become as a person. But being a fan is not enough. To be successful, we understand that we need to win championships, create a positive impact on the community, and create incredible memories and great experiences for our, our fan base, much like I had as a youth growing up in Washington.
2: Broadcasting live from the Azela Ultra Pool at the Sahara Las Vegas. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q.
3: Some of the first sounds right there from new Washington owner Josh Harris. As the Washington Commanders are no longer under Dan Snyder's watch, which is great for the NFL. We'll deep dive into that. We're also here at the Sahara Las Vegas, Azila Ultra Pool. We're going to be here for the next few hours, tell you all about them and why it's free to get in and free to park. But uh, right now, join us on the phone lines from the33team.com is our good friend Ari Mayrov. And Ari, thanks so much for your time. Definitely appreciate you on this Friday. And as far as the Washington Commanders go, and now Dan Snyder is now out of the picture, how big is that for the NFL just to kind of get rid of that guy, even though he, he, he left with a lot of money?
4: It's cute. It's, it's gigantic. I mean, this is something that the owners have been hoping for privately and at some point publicly as well. It's something that every entire you know Washington Commanders fan base has been begging for for years and years now, and it's gotten louder and louder. And there was a time when Dan Snyder told reporters, if you will, in all caps, never sell the team. Um, and here we are now where it's officially official all the way. He is gone. Um, Josh Harris and his pretty large group are now officially the owners. And if you just saw some of the videos from Washington today of just the fan base and the reaction and all the um, interviews that are being done with fans on the streets and all these different things, I mean, it's a revived fan base. I mean, Josh kind of said it nicely today that this was once a proud franchise. This was once one of the Glory franchises. Once upon a time, people did look at them um, higher than the Dallas Cowboys. They were not necessarily, um, quote-unquote, the American. there they, a the time when Washington was that. And, you know, for the last 20-plus years, they've literally gone down the drain to a point where they're literally last in attendance in the NFL. And now they're hoping to get back to what they were, to be a proud franchise, fill up that stadium, hopefully get a new stadium as well, and have some normalcy on the field. And also just inside the building, of course, the Will, we just learned yesterday from the Mary Jo White investigation. So it's a big win all around the NFL for everybody.
3: So what does the Josh Harris group, the, the the whole group, what do they have to do to try to get the, the organization back to being that respectable organization, obviously winning on the field, but just kind of letting it be known that they're not that trouble child organization like it was under Snyder's watch?
4: Well, obviously it's going to start on the field. And I think this first year what we're going to see is, Josh and the rest of his um, his um, ownership group kind of go up and down the organization and figure out who's here from the front office, from the team president, and Jason Rice, and the head coach in Ron Rivera. It's probably worth mentioning that Ron Rivera has been a head coach twice in his career, and now both times he has seen an ownership change in the last one, of course, in Carolina. David Tepper saw him for one year and then eventually moved on from him. So he has some experience in all of this, but it's basically be go up and down the organization, figure out who's there and what adjustments you wants to make. The one thing about Josh is that he isn't like some random guy who's never been involved in sports. I mean, he owns the 76ers. He owns the Devils, and he's put some philosophies into those organizations that he's seen um, ultimately work. I mean, of course, in Philadelphia, he was one of the main people who approved doing the process, which essentially was taking for a couple of years to get good picks and get good players out of it. To eventually build some sustained success. So I don't know exactly what they're going to do in terms of on the field. They have some really, really good young players there. It's unclear if they have their franchise quarterback there. So it's going to start from the top and work all the way down down from there. And um, he's going to keep a close eye throughout this year to see what he likes there. And whatever he doesn't like, I would not be surprised after the season he's going to put some of his own fingerprints on this team.
3: Again, Ari Mayrov the the Team.com is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Magic Johnson, who's a 4% minority owner, a part of that Josh Harris group, floated out the idea of potentially changing the name. And Ari, they've been the Redskins. They've been the football team. They've been the commanders. Is that a good idea to change the name again?
4: Um, well, whenever they made the last change to the commanders, I mean, I've seen the reaction at least just on social media, and I've seen some of it especially over the last couple of days feels like a lot of their fans don't necessarily love that name. <laughs> so I could see maybe something going down over here. Again, it's not as easy as just changing a name. There's a lot of different things that I have to go, to go through in order to make a name change. Um, so it's not that simple, but it's definitely something that could very much be in play. And usually whenever Magic is asked about it, and then Josh was also asked about it, Josh basically said it's not on the forefront of his issues. But it's essentially he didn't rule it out, so okay. I wouldn't rule it out. I don't know if it's a name for me yet that really just rolls out of my tongue. If that makes sense, I don't really feel it yet. So um, maybe it is something they look into. The one thing they're fans from what I've seen, do want, however, is to keep the current color scheme that they have. So I guess don't don't touch that. But in terms of the name, um, I haven't really gotten used to it yet. I mean, it's so weird for me to type any news. Involving the Washington Commanders and writing Hashtag Commanders. <laughs> so um, maybe something does happen, but um, they, they definitely left that door open today.
3: I still like the Washington football team, but that's just me. <laughs> I'm a simple guy, so I'm okay with the Washington... Football team. Now moving on to some guys that are in the league right now as camps are opening up. I'm starting to see guys get signed. Do you expect now that camp is opening up for uh, across the league, really, especially next week? Do you expect to see some of these veterans like a Zeke Elliott, a Dalvin Cook, a Unique Ngakwe, Clowney? You expect to see these guys signed sooner rather than later?
4: Uh, it's definitely going to pick up here, and it's, it's already started to pick up as we saw today with guys like Cole Beasley and James Robinson and Melvin Gordon and. We'll see more definitely come in, um, possibly later today, definitely tomorrow, and then eventually more. Guys like Marcus Peters, of course, it was reported that he's going to visit the Raiders again. I would not be surprised if that's a deal that eventually gets done. But this is the time for teams to really fill out the rest of their roster spots, look back at their roster and say, okay, we need some more depth to here. We've had some discussions with these players. What's the problem? Let's, let's look into it again. Should we add a couple more dollars and it can come now before training camp starts? This is really when it happens. And then there are some players out there, Devin County is probably the best example of this, who just don't love being at training camp. And they're okay right. just waiting now a little bit more to um, see what, what else happens. And the other thing is, this is the reality of the NFL. At training camp, there's always going to be injuries around the NFL. And because of that, that's when more opportunities really open. And that's when sometimes the money you've been seeking eventually up to the point where you are willing to sign. I mean, we saw this recently with the Jets when Chuck Clark tore his ACL. Adrian Amos was a free agent all offseason, got a one-year, up to four million dollars deal. He was not getting that offer up until now until an injury happened. So some players could definitely be waiting for that as well. But we're going to see a lot of these um, veterans who have been on the market for a while signing just to be on a roster for training camp and be there on time so they could at least have a shot to make a roster here, um, when eventually the roster cut down to 53.
3: You know, a lot of people started commenting on social media when James Robinson signed with the Giants, and of course Cole Beasley did as well, but we know what's going on with Saquon Barkley. He scrubbed his social media from the Giants with their logo and everything, so a lot of people are saying, oh, the Giants are going to go on to James Robinson. That's just an insurance policy, right? James Robinson is just the Giants insurance policy.
4: Yeah, I mean, you're allowed to have 90 players on your roster right now, and you want to have, um added depth throughout camp because of course um you just want to have as many you know guys out there on every position but um yeah it's literally just there really isn't much for Saquon to do right now I mean he's not gonna report it sounds like and the Giants can have more running backs out there but this is the problem really with the franchise tag deadline I understand the concept of it and deadlines for action but The reality is once the deal doesn't get done, there's really not much for a guy like Saquon or a guy like Josh Jacobs to do here. I mean, the only thing they could really do is either renegotiate a one-year deal. You can't do a multi-year deal. You could maybe sign that tender but add a clause into the contract that you will not be tagged um, next year, which guarantees you will be a free agent no matter what. That could be a possible outcome. But the idea of scrubbing your Instagram or, um, you know, um, not reporting, there's really nothing else the team could do by now. I mean, if you get traded, for example, you're still playing on that franchise tag. So right. the only thing possibly is if they rescind the tag and now you become a free agent, and then teams could offer you multi-year deals. I just don't really know who's going to give out a multi-year offer to our running back right now. So there's a lot of different factors of the year, but for now, they have the right to skip training camp. They'll skip it. They'll show their frustrations. And I wouldn't be surprised if both of them eventually report on time but for, for the season. But... This is just the reality of the deadline being there. There's really nothing else that can be done anymore of those two guys. No,
3: there really isn't. Again, Ari Mayrov is our guest here from team.com on radio Nation Radio 920. And say Roughness. You put out a piece on the site talking about six redemption stories, and one that was at the top was Nathaniel Hackett. And we all know what happened with him in Denver. He got fired before the season was over. They thought that they were going to get Aaron Rodgers if they had Nathaniel Hackett. They didn't. But the Jets did, so they have both guys. So how do you think that Nathaniel Hackett rebounds now that he's the the guy that's calling the offensive shots and Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback?
4: Yeah, you know, I've always believed there are some coordinators out there who are great and, like, excellent coordinators. But once they become head coaches, like, obviously the job becomes much tougher. Now you're handling the entire team. There's way more on your plate. And some people just can't do it. I mean, we've seen this with – I don't know, Pat Shermer was a good example of this. And maybe Nathaniel Hackett into that bucket as well. I mean, he has been a great offensive coordinator throughout his career, whether it was with Blake Bortles in Jacksonville, whether he were able to make it to the AFC Championship game and almost the Super Bowl. And, of course, what he did with Aaron Rodgers for those years in Green Bay where he was back-to-back MVP. And those two guys built a spectacular relationship to the point where Aaron was willing to waive his no-trade clause to come to the Jets. And he cited to the media telling them, One of the main reasons I came here is because of Hackett. So him being a head coach in Denver, it could not have gotten any worse. It was absolutely awful, and they obviously um, regretted that decision and fired him before the season even ended. But him being back where he is comfortable as an offensive coordinator, being back with Aaron, who, of course, has had immense success with him, and then having that offense where you have Garrett Wilson, you have Alan Lazard, who knows the offense, you have Randall Cobb, who also knows the offense. Those two guys could also be like, players but also teachers as well you know, the running back is a, is a deep room as well and they might be adding there as well point is he's back to doing what he wants to do that is just calling the offense there are no more added responsibilities on top of that and I would not be surprised if the Jets success this year essentially hinges on Nathaniel Hacking how Aaron Rodgers do in that offense so Hackett's gonna have a pretty big role role there with the Jets and I could see him definitely being one of those guys who you know turns it around after a uh, a really bad year last year as a
3: head coach you know it's funny there's a lot of uh, examples of that out there we've talked about it many times about uh, coordinators being better coordinators than they are coaches and I'd say Ari that it's fair to say Raiders head coach Josh McDaniels is somebody that the jury's still out right we know that he's a really good coordinator but he hasn't proven yet to be a really good head coach so I think that he could qualify in that category as of right now at least
4: I mean, frankly, when I, when I mentioned Pat Shermer's name, the next thing that was going to come out of my mouth was Josh. But I was like, you know, <laughs> like, still and i want like to see where it goes this year. But you're definitely right. I mean, obviously what happened in Denver was not great. And so far in Las Vegas has not been the best, at least what you guys were expecting. So this year is a very big year for him. But he definitely is someone who, if you were to ask me which bucket he falls into, right now he would fall into that bucket with Hackett and Shermer and those type of guys.
3: Right. I agree 100% and that's why I think this is a big year as you mentioned again. Ari Mayrov is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 unnecessary roughness on your list as well. You have now Saints quarterback Derek Carr and you know that that's a vision Ari is so much of a mystery to me because well right now i would say he's the best quarterback in that division and it's kind of just up in the air right you got a rookie there in carolina you know tampa bay's got baker mayfield Derek's in new orleans i mean it's just atlanta's got a ritter there <laughs> what do you make of that division i mean that's a tough division but it's i feel like it's tough because it's unknown
4: i mean that is exactly what i wrote in the article like where Derek is leaving where it's mahomes and herbert and you know sean Payne and russell wilson to going into All those quarterbacks you just mentioned, I mean, there is a realistic pathway there for the Saints to be real contenders in the NFC South. And I was having this conversation with somebody the other day, like, who are teams right now that you could constantly say are not going to make the playoffs? You know what I mean? And when you think about it, like, there aren't that many. Because, like, if you want to pick the NFC South, like, I could see a scenario where all four teams somehow make the playoffs, and none of them are spectacular, but somebody has to get in, Right. So I yep. can't necessarily rule out anybody there, right? So when you think about that question, like maybe you could say, I don't know, Arizona. Um, what do you think about a team like Houston or whatever? But the NFC South is just so wide open that all four of those teams last year, there was a point where all four of them, I believe, were under 500, and all of them were still alive for a playoff spot. I and mean, that's just the reality of it, right? So I think adding a Derek Carr to Saints team, where Derek Carr has proven that he is a viable option, he has competed in that gauntlet of the AFC his entire career, and now he's going into the NFC where the competition isn't as strong as the AFC. The quarterback play isn't as strong as the AFC. The division that he's walking into is, frankly, from what he was the you know, the toughest division in the AFC West to arguably the weakest one in the NFC South. So there is a real possibility there where Derek Hart could be on a team where he has a realistic shot to not just make the playoffs, but really possibly make some noise. I mean, that same team still has a lot of really good players. They're hoping Michael Thomas comes back healthy. Chris Olave was a really good rookie. Alvin Kamara, we'll see what happens with potential suspension, but he's out there. The offensive line has been above average. The defense still has good players and older players like Cameron Jordan and Demario Davis who continue to play basically every game every single year. So it's a very good team. That division is wide open, and that's one of the reasons why I put Derek Carr on that list as a player who obviously had a disappointment last year, but this year could very much be different for him in a change of scenery.
3: Yeah, I'm very intrigued by that division. I really am because there's so much unknown, as you mentioned. And uh, that Saints team, I think we'll learn a lot about Dennis Allen, how good of a head coach he is uh, at the end of the day as well. Well, Ari, we'll we'll wrap up with this. Uh, One more guy that was on your list was uh, Patriots quarterback Mac Jones. How much different do you think the Patriots look this year now that they got Bill O'Brien as an offensive coordinator, a guy who actually knows that role instead of Matt Patricia or uh, Joe Judge?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I wrote in, I, I wrote that in the article as well. And one executive kind of basically told it to me perfectly. He basically said Bill O'Brien for Mac Jones, going from Matt Patricia to Bill O'Brien, is essentially what um, um, what um, Urban Meyer to um, Doug Peterson was for oh, Trevor wow. Lawrence. Obviously, we saw what that was last year, where Trevor Lawrence as a rookie was a, a bit of an underwhelming, and then last year he just completely popped and took the Jaguars to the playoffs and even won a playoff game. Having a, a young quarterback with a good offensive play caller goes really, really deep. And, you know, Mac Jones showed some real promise in his first year as a rookie of Josh McDaniels. Josh left to the Raiders. The Patriots decided not to hire anybody. They did something unconventional, and it simply did not work out. Um, to add himself to injury, Mac had a really, really serious ankle injury, which he um, hurried back from, and it was still nagging him throughout the season. And he just never worked, and he was getting bruised, and he was playing injured. And this year, he's first of all, he's healthy, but second of all, he's going to have an offensive of coordinator who's been there and done that. And as calls played in his career, whether it was in New England once with Tom Brady or in Houston with other quarterbacks like Deshaun Watson or Brock Osweiler, whatever the point is, he's going to have someone who's been there and done that. And I think that is going to go a long way for him. Are they going to win the division? Are they going to be a playoff team? I have no idea. The AFC is very, very tough, and the division is very tough. But for Mac Jones in particular. Having an offensive player to who has done it before, like a Bill O'Brien, who's a seasoned veteran, it should go a very long way.
3: Yeah, I agree. Uh, again, that's a team that should look a lot better offensively. Again, who knows what that means in the long run. But at least offensively, they'll look like they, they're worth the salt and they know what they're doing instead of what they did last year. Well, Ari, fantastic stuff as always, my man. What do you got coming out on com that we should be on the lookout out for?
4: Yeah, so um, I actually have my um, – I do this yearly. It's going to be 32 players for 32 teams ahead of training camp. One player from every team you should be keeping an eye on, a bit of an under, under the radar player. That should be coming out uh, middle of next week. We actually also just did an interview with um, Colts head coach Shane Steichen That I believe is the last one of all the great head coach interviews that we did throughout this offseason. And then from then on, I mean, training camp is basically opening all around the NFL. Next week, we're going to be cranking out a lot of really good content from all our former coaches, former executives, and a bunch of our really great writers here. So, the3013.com, check it out. It's going to be cranking out a lot of really great
3: stuff. I'm very intrigued. I want to see who you picked for the silver and black to pay attention to during training camp, somebody that I might not be thinking about. I'll be checking that out next week when it drops. All right, thanks so much, my man. Have a fantastic weekend, and enjoy training camp.
4: Thank you, too and enjoy the full, my friend.
3: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know I will. Ari Mayrov right there from uh, the33team.com at MySportsUpdate on Twitter. Does a fantastic job. Definitely appreciate him. And, yeah, I'm intrigued. I want to know who uh, who he has the Raiders is the person to look at, pay attention to during training camp. Can it be Tyree Wilson, who we found out is not going to open up training camp practicing? Byron Young is not going to open up practice or start practice on time? Could it be Nate Hobbs coming back? Could it be Divine Diablo? Could it be Jacoby Myers? Zamir White? There's a lot of different options. Jimmy G? Possibly? I wonder who Ari has lined up. I'll definitely be checking out the 33rd Team.com and would not be surprised if we have Ari on the show next week to break it down and talk about it. But uh, the good stuff right there from Ari Mayrov, 33rd Team.com. We've been playing best case, worst case, throwing it out there. What is your best case scenario for the silver and black this upcoming year? As you know, training camp, first day of practice is next week. What is the worst case scenario? For the silver and black, 69187, keyword r and of course, 702-365-9200. we got Vic Tafer from The Athletic coming up at 3.30 to give his thoughts, share his thoughts on on uh, training camp coming up next week. But, Ari, before we go to break, uh, you had a text that you wanted to get to on the don'tbebroke.com text line.
2: Yes, uh, from Sir Whiskey Ray. Q, happy Friday, and please have a cold one for me as today's show is on fire. I like <laughs> Literally. Yeah, yes. Yeah, Literally it's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so shout out to Ari for playing them hot jams while coming back from break. Just wanted to check in and wish everyone a happy and safe weekend. We got the U.S. Women's World Cup team playing tonight. Easy W for them versus Vietnam. Sending good vibes out to Josh Jacobs to get behind, get his behind into camp. It's a stretch, but it's trying to stay positive. <laughs> Lastly, R.I.P. to the great Tony Bennett. Today yep. we lost a legend. Thanks Q as always. Take care. Cheers Sir whiskey ray.
3: Cheers, sir, Whiskey Ray. That's the only way to close things out. Definitely appreciate yes. you, my man. And, yeah, have a fantastic weekend, my dude. Thanks for checking in with us. And, yeah, our RIP to Tony Bennett. Uh, obviously, he did it for a very long time, one of the best voices out there. Uh, obviously, I was not a guy that was, you know, in the caddy riding down the block, bumping Tony Bennett all the time, but respect. The respect, the, the the greatness of Tony Bennett, and I uh, saw that this morning when I was watching the news. Wake up every morning super early, and all of a sudden it came across the news. They said, oh, breaking news, Tony Bennett has passed away, I believe, age 96. I believe that was what it was. So, uh, yes, rest in peace to the great Tony Bennett. 3.21 is the time. We are here at the Sahara Las Vegas inside the Azilo ultra pool you got to come on by it is uh, free to get in free parking the beverages are flowing the pool is looking nice and cold and it is hot so that's why i tell you that the pool is nice and cold because you have an opportunity to go cool off in the pool we've got t-shirts that we're handing out we've got cups we got koozies my man alan is in the house so he's hanging out with us as well dj Steffi k is on the wheels of steel she's making it do what it do and there's a lot of goodness we just uh, have a little bit of food that was just set down in front of us, so we're going to try that as well uh, real quick in the break. But uh, everything you need is right here, and the best part about it, free, free, free. Free to get in, free to park. Sahara Las Vegas, come on by with it. and hang out with us with Radio Nation Radio 920.
1: You know, me, a young guy in the locker room, just trying to get my rhythm as far as how to be a professional football player. And so I had a really great mentor. His name was Roynell Young. He had been in the league like eight or nine years. And we would go downtown Philadelphia, just to kind of get a feel of the city and what's expected of you and how you become, you know, a professional football player. So those things off the field, on the field though, it's just football. It's Just football. It's, it's go and play, man.
2: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy, Q, live at the Azela Ultra Pool.
1: You heard
3: the great Eric Allen right there just talking about training camp as a rookie, what it was like, what he experienced, having a mentor. He eventually played that mentor role with the Raiders for a guy you may have heard of named Charles Woodson. He turned out to be pretty good. But they brought him in to be a mentor for Seawood. He had a mentor that taught him how to be a pro, how to practice, how to take care of your body, you know, what it's like going around town when all of a sudden you're the hotshot rookie. You're the guy with the big name and all that good stuff. So, who's going to be that guy in training camp for the Silver and Black? Who's going to be the ones to mentor Tyree Wilson? Well, Max Crosby, Chandler Jones. Who's going to mentor Ja'Corian Bennett? Good question, right? Maybe Marcus Peters. It's been reported that he'll join. Uh, he'll he'll end up in, uh, in in Henderson on Monday, meeting with the Raiders for the second time. So maybe he could be that mentor for Ja'Corian Bennett. I don't know. You got to have leadership to be able to help the young guys along. And, again, like you heard Eric Allen say, once you're on the field, it's just football, but it's everything else that goes into it. Uh, It's always great to hear Eric Allen, what his thoughts are on what he has to say. Uh, That was him and and Amber Thea Harris, who was on the show earlier today, just doing a little training camp special for Silver and Black Productions. Of course, they'll be doing that all year long. They'll be covering every single game like a glove and uh, both be guests on Raider Nation Radio 920. I know uh, EA joins JT quite a bit and Amber obviously joins Unnecessary Roughness quite a bit. So look forward to their great uh, uh, breakdowns of this team in 2023. We have Vic Taffer from The Athletic coming up in a few minutes. We'll start off asking him about Marcus Peters or maybe we'll start off asking him about Tyree Wilson and and, uh, Byron Young. Tyree Wilson, I don't think anyone's really too surprised that he's not gonna start, start a camp practicing on the field because he's still coming back from that injury that he had, that surgery that he had when he was still at Texas Tech. But I'll, I'm not going to lie, the Byron Young starting on the pup list is a big surprise to me. I didn't know that he was injured. I didn't know that he wasn't going to be you know, ready to go for the start of camp, and that's a guy that, as I was talking about rookies yesterday, that was one of the guys I was looking forward to because I do think that he's going to be a guy that's going to be able to push some other guys, create competition, I should say, in that defensive line room, defensive tackle room in particular. But... Obviously, he's not going to be able to push anybody if he's not on the field. So that'll be something that we ask, uh, we ask Vic Taffer about in just a few minutes when he joins us. But I've uh, been throwing the question out there to you, 702-365-9200, when we don't have a guest, or 69187, keyword R&R, so don'tbebroke.com text sign It's a real easy way to get through to us. Best case, worst case? As you look at the Raiders and the way they're constructed right now, how do you feel, what is the best case scenario for them heading into training camp and eventually the 2023 season. And what is the worst case scenario for the Raiders as they head into training camp and the 2023 season? Best case for me, Jimmy G stays healthy and the offense is what I think it's going to be or what I think it has the potential to be. And they turn into a really good team and the defense starts to really come together and be able to complement that offense. And they turn into a you know nine or 10 wins team. Worst case, Jimmy gets injured, doesn't play in a handful of games. The defense doesn't gel like it's expected to. They have a tough schedule on their 5-6-7 win team. And just kind of hovering in the middle. That's me. That's best case, worst case for me. So what says you? Again, 69187, keyword R&R. When we don't have a guest, 702-365-9200. I believe joining us now on the phone lines from The Athletic. OK, hold on. Ari's going to get him real quick. All right, that's fine. All right, let me know when you have Vic from The Athletic. Uh, as we are here at the Sahara Las Vegas inside the Azilo Ultra Pool, we're hanging out, free to get in. Free uh, free parking, great drinks, great food. I had a, another chicken flatbread. It was fantastic. Little dude had some chicken tenders. Mateo looked like he had some kind of salad with, I don't know. It looked like there's too much salad type stuff in there for me. You got to get some real deal. What you have there, man? What was? It? Man, I had to had that salmon rice bowl, man. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. No, I'm alright with that. I'm alright with that. Okay. Like I'm judging you, right? I'm, I'm telling you, you you ate it. <laughs> I'm telling. I always do that, I can't help myself, but there's some really good food, there's some really good drinks, the pool looks fantastic, a lot of good stuff. Cucamonga Raider, hit us up on the Broke.com text line at 69187, keyword r Best case scenario, we're in every game this year showing pride and poise, regardless of the outcome, improving week after week. Hopefully that equates to wins. Worst case scenario, the complete opposite, we show no pride, make ridiculous mistakes, we decline week after week. This year, I'm basing the success of the season on my best-case scenario. Wins don't always translate to you being a good team or a great team. Example, the Raiders 2021 playoff run. We were the same team last year, just ended up on the wrong side of the win-loss column in those close games. Again, that is from Cucamonga Raider. That's really good stuff. I uh, I, I like that. that. That is a good breakdown. Because in 2021, uh, and we talk about it all the time, that they were a playoff team. They earned that. They won four games down the stretch that they had to win to make themselves a, a, a chance to get into the playoffs, and they got it, obviously. And then they lost to the Bengals. And then last year when they were in positions in those one-score games, they lost them. You know, again, it's just a, it's a numbers game at some point. So I like what Cucamonga Raiders is saying right there, basing it off of how you close out games, how you finish off those close games. If uh, You know, that, that depends. That's going to go a long way in showing – You know how good this team is or how good this team could potentially be so I think that was a really good breakdown right there and and that's something I think everybody will be paying attention to so uh there's that let's take a uh oh wait hold on what do you want to do Ari go ahead I can't hear you dude
2: Uh, oh here we are we're uh we're we're efforting I think uh might be some breaking news or something, so maybe he's okay. Busy. Okay, uh, okay.
3: We'll, we'll, we'll wait. We'll wait. Um, how about we go to Devontae Adams? I did want you to hear uh, sure. from I, I wanted to bring that to the table as well, so you can keep those uh, those texts coming in. And uh, I love the communication between me and Ari. Sometimes you just got to do it on the fly and you got to yes. do it on the air, Hello. that's how it goes down. But yeah, just go ahead and get that Devontae Adams sound ready. ready. He uh, he was on the Dan Patrick show, he was actually talking about uh, a food a food bank that he was working with and and a a charity that he was doing here in Las Vegas, and uh, it would have been a great time to have him on the show to actually talk about that. But he went to the Dan Patrick Show, which is fine. DP is great, and DP is a really good interviewer. He's one of the best interviewers in the business. So he asked him about his charity, asked him about you know playing with Aaron Rodgers, asked him a whole lot of questions, and then also asked about the last time he talked to running back Josh Jacobs.
1: Talked to Josh Jacobs uh, recently. It was probably maybe about three or four days ago. You know, I just I just told him to keep his head. Um, you know, this is my tenth year now. I've been through the, the contract process um, a total of three times now. Um, you know, it's a little easier when you first come in and then once you start doing your thing on the field, and then makes things a little bit more interesting come contract time. So basically, just told him, I understand where he's coming from. You know, you gotta you gotta do what you have to do. Um, you know, in, in order to um, you know feel your your worth and. You can't just do something that your heart's not in so at the end of the day if it's if it doesn't make sense to you you got you to do what you got to do um but at the same time i try to present all the things to him that you know the positives of coming back um you know he and i are really close so when it comes to the the connection and you know i just try to remind him of the opportunities we have to potentially do something special together and um i also let him know that you know i play with a great deal of running backs really good running backs and there's only a handful that I feel like I could go to literal war with. And he's one of those guys. Um, so when I think about winning a Super Bowl and what it takes to win one, you know, cause I haven't done that yet. I think about having a guy like him, you know, in the backfield, um, you know, by my side, another dog that's ready to, to go to war and, and do whatever it takes to get it done. I mean, one of the toughest guys I've ever been around. Um, and you know, I mean, the growth that I saw, obviously, didn't know him very well before this, um, not having been around him as much. But uh, the growth that I saw from the previous year to this last year, um, you know, I don't, I don't ever want to take credit for anything. But I know that when, when you get around other people that are that are like you or that push you, it kind of brings the best out of you, which is kind of the Aaron Rodgers effect with me. I feel like having Aaron early in my career, um, his mindset, his work ethic and um yeah honestly the work ethic is is through the roof but like i said just the way he thinks about the game the way he approaches it um they put so much of of the way he does it you know into into my craft and i was able to kind of steal a few things and i think the same thing happened with with both of them you know me and josh you yeah. know i feel like he helped me with some of that stuff and it was great having another dog next to me out there um and and vice versa so Try to just give him as much as I can without trying to steer his mind anywhere, because I know what that process is like, and I know what it's like when you know you're you're going back and forth with the club about numbers and all those things. So, don't want to be be naive in a situation, but also want to make sure that he um, is aware of everything that comes with it, and also um, you know the opportunity that we have together.
3: Devonte Adams, right there earlier on the Dan Patrick Show, talking about Josh Jacobs. The last time he talked to Josh Jacobs, and then you hear him going to elaborate answer about what the conversation was like with running back Josh Jacobs. And uh, very complimentary to the running back. And I think that that's a testament to who Devontae Adams is over the last year. I think we all got a chance to really realize who he was in conversations post game, uh, practice, whatever the case may be. Uh, Devonte is a guy who's going to give you a, a really good answer, as you heard right there on the Dan Patrick Show. Joining us now on the phone lines, as promised, from The Athletic, is our good friend Vic Taffer. And, Vic, thanks so much for your time. And before we get into any Raiders X's and O's or expectations, how close to ready for training camp are you?
0: I'm getting ready, man. I got. To, uh, I'm at a brewery right now, trying some uh, different beers, trying to get my uh, <laughs> last days of fun in before before training camp.
3: There you go. Get your uh, get your beers on. That's the way to stay hydrated right before training camp. That's a that's a good thing. Well, earlier today we found out about Tyree Wilson and Byron Young. I don't think there's any big surprise that Tyree Wilson is not going to start camp. On the field, but Byron Young was a surprise to me. Was that something that you were uh, hearing, or is that did that come as a surprise for you too?
0: Yeah, that was a surprise for me as well. Like you said, I think Tyree would kind of realized there's a good chance he would not be ready for the start of camp. But uh, I had not heard anything about Byron Young being hurt, so obviously it was a non. It may have happened since he got drafted, so we'll have to see how bad it is. But uh, not, not not a great sign as we get ready for training camp.
3: No, not at all. You don't want to go in with a bunch of guys injured. But, I mean, hey, that's the case. Tyree, you know, is not going to start, and now we're hearing Byron Young is not going to start either. So for the rookies, Vic, when you look at them, uh, as they reported to camp yesterday, uh, who is it that you're looking at you, that you think may be able to step up and, and, and play a big, bigger role for the Raiders early on?
0: I think you and what I talked about earlier. I was definitely excited about Young. A little bit mm-hmm. and that's going to be tempered a little bit. But now I think you're calling a guy who, he looked, looked apart in the offensive of workout program. I think he looks like he has the instincts you want and aggressiveness from the ball skills. So now we'll see how he does once the real uh, throws are in the air from the real guys who are competing for starting spots. But I think he has all the skill sets you want. He definitely looked good in college. So if he's ready to make a big jump to uh, get like a real role in his first year, we'll have to wait and see. But I'm excited to see what he does in, in, in camp.
3: Yeah, Ja'Korian Bennett, the fourth-round pick out of Maryland. He's going to have a lot of competition in that cornerback room, including sounds like Marcus Peters, who's going to be coming in on Monday. You reported that a long time ago. Uh, we've talked about it on the show here. Uh, Vic, What is what is Marcus Peters, at this stage of the game, do you think he brings to the Raiders uh, secondary?
0: I think he brings a lot. I know people say he's old and slow and hasn't played well in the last couple of years, but he's only 30. I think I'm sure he's fired up. I'm sure he hears all this criticism and realizes he's on the market for a long time. I'm sure he wants to prove something. and. A lot of kids, get the aggressive attitude that they need, kind of with dogs in that secondary. I think it would work well with um, guys like Max Crosby on defense, like kind of a similar attitude. So, uh, I think he's a welcome addition. I think that there's definitely a spot for him to win. A starting spot is there for him to win in training camp. I think he probably will win it, but have to wait and see how he does. But definitely in terms of what they need on defense, that like, guy like him definitely fits, fits the bill.
3: How much do you think he can help? You know, you just mentioned Jacorian Bennett. How much do you think he can kind of help him and learn how to be a pro and, and have a little bit of extra edge to him? Because there's one thing Marcus Peters has is some edge to him.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, and Marcus, I know him a little bit. But I haven't talked to him in a couple of years. But I imagine he's probably at the stage of his career where he realizes he can still play, but also kind of be an influence to guys who are younger, who are guys coming up, to learn from him, kind of learn how to be a pro and what it takes to cover these guys and give your body in the best shape to kind of last the whole season. So, I think he will be good. I'm not positive that he's going to embrace that role, but I think he will. I think knowing him a little bit, I think he will definitely realize that's where he is at this point in his career. So I think he'll be good for guys like Collin Beck, the other guys who brought in this offseason.
3: Again, we're talking with Vic Taffer from The Athletic here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness coming in. You heard Devontae Adams talking about Josh Jacobs and kind of the conversation that they had and uh, talking about Devontae's been in that contract situation that Josh is currently in. Uh, are your expectations week one, Josh Jacobs will be ready to suit up for the Raiders?
0: I think so. I think, you know, the first reaction I'm sure is probably anger and frustration. Like, yeah, maybe I won't be battling here. since saying that they're day maybe uh, – they screw there and not show up and show them what they're missing. But at some point, man, $10.1 million is $10.1 million. And I think it's hard to walk away from that. You don't have much leverage, and the money backs are kind of in a bad spot. So, Josh Jenkins, I think, he has, you know what? It is what it is. You know, Give me my $10 million. I'll, I'll ball out this year, and we'll see where we're at next offseason. But at some point, I think you got to realize that that money's there for you to get, and you got to go get it.
3: What about Zamir White? How closely will you be paying attention to what he does in training camp of the preseason in Josh Jacobs' absence?
0: Yeah, I like Zamir White. I think he showed, you saw him in college. I think last year he didn't play much, but I think he has all the things you want in the guy who can be potentially that, that kind of guy he can give the ball to a lot. So I think he's ready for a bigger role. Even when Josh is back, I suspect they won't lean in as much as they did last year. I think Zamir had a little bigger role than last year. So uh, definitely it's a great chance for him to get all the snaps in training camp, be the number one guy. and kind of build off that.
3: One of my questions I have for training camp is can this Raiders offensive line be improved? I mean we saw them help Josh Jacobs lead the league in rushing. A lot of that was JJ though. So how do you see that offensive line, even the competition for maybe a couple spots, how do you see that heating up during camp?
0: Yeah, I think they brought all the guys back from last year, which is which is good. But I think if all those five guys are starting again day one, then something going not go right. I think they want they want Brandon Parker or Sarah Munfort to push Ellen Manure a right tackle they want, them, you know, Van Rotten, the company, the factory, they may push Oxbars in the right guard spot, maybe can move the right guard. So I think they won't be happy if the same five guys are starting uh, week one that we're starting at the end of last year.
3: Speaking of competition in camp, what about that linebacking room? Is it Divine Diablo and everybody else, or is there someone else that you're going to be focusing on?
0: That's pretty much it, man. I mean, Divine definitely got bigger in the offseason. That's been well documented. He doesn't work hard. He's a smart guy. He's a smart guy has all that flexibility you want in a guy. Can he be like an impactful football player? That's yet to be seen, but he definitely is trying to be that guy, so I'm curious to see how he does. And Brian Roberts for from from the Steelers, definitely a one-stopping guy. I'm sure he wants to prove he can do more than that, but that's what he has been so far. So I do think it's those two guys and pretty much everybody else uh, at this point. We'll see. Maybe some guy can emerge. But uh, as of right now, it's, it's a little thin.
3: That's what it feels like. It feels like it's Devon Diablo. I am interested in Drake Thomas. I feel like Vic. A lot of people are talking about the undrafted free agent out of NC State. And look, the Raiders signed what four guys, uh, or four guys made the 53-man roster that were undrafted last year. Uh, do you see something like that happening with the roster, where multiple guys that are undrafted, uh, maybe even the offense alignment as well, can make the 53-man roster?
0: For sure, man. All you need in this league is opportunity, and definitely I think this very defense, Raiders defense, what they did last year, and they didn't do a lot in terms of moves in the offseason. So they definitely. There are openings to be had. There's spots to be won. So, if a guy that comes in, not drafted, he can kind of show what he can do in training camp and make some plays in the preseason. And, yeah, definitely there's a chance for that guy to just kind of step up and, and earn a role.
3: Vic Taffer is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. We'll end with this. Uh, we know that Marcus Epps has been brought in. He was the free agent that they uh, they signed immediately in free agency from the Philadelphia Eagles. So what does the competition look like between Chris Smith, the the the, the draft pick out of Georgia, and also Trayvon Merrick, who is the former second-round pick?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I think uh, Smith, I uh, hope it's kind of a DeLon Harmon type. I, I still can't. I don't really know why they didn't bring John Harmon back. To me, it seems like it was a no-brainer, a guy who's not going to be super expensive. He came in last year, was a good leader. Made some big plays in defense. I still don't quite care why he's not back, but they think Smith is kind of a guy who's similar to him, so maybe give him a chance to win a big role. But um, marriage a guy that they hope to kind of he can do more than he did last year. He hasn't been a guy who really has kind of put up to his draft status quite yet. So I think, again, it's going to be a fascinating training camp, in that position especially, I'll see some guys kind of emerge.
3: Yeah, no, it really will. And uh, we're going to have to have our hats out there. We're going to have to have our water bottles. We're going to have to stay hydrated, find some shade. We're going to have to do what we do because uh, it's going to be hot out there at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Well, Vic, uh, before we let you go, what are you working on that we should be on the lookout for?
0: I'm working on something uh, for Monday about reasons to be optimistic. I'm, giving, uh, I'm trying to be positive. People think I'm too negative, so I'm going to try and turn it <laughs> loose and show all the things, the rosy picture that I see happening. Down the line, things work out well. So I'm going to put the script a little bit and be very positive on Monday morning.
3: You know, I love it. Today we're actually playing best case, worst case here on the radio. So we're doing a little positivity and a little negativity at the same time. But uh, good stuff. We'll be looking out for that piece on Monday, Vic. Thanks so much for your time, and I'll see you next week. All right, bud. Take care. All right, my man. There he goes. Vic Taper from The Athletic at a brewery staying hydrated. Before it's time, it's go time. And it is going to be go time sooner rather than later. Right now. At Sahara Las Vegas, the Zila Ultra Pool, it is go time. And what I mean by go time is a lot of people have gone in the pool, <laughs> as they should. Uh, there's nice misters at the bar, so if you're gonna stand in line at the bar to get a cold beverage, you have a mister right there above you, keep you a little cool. But at the ultimate cool, is the pool? You need to go ahead and jump in the pool like many have. Uh, we got our little beach ball that we brought in. It's it's floating around the pool still. It's been floating for the last I don't know hour and 45 minutes. A little volleyball action going on in the pool. So all you need is well just you, and that's all we need is just you to come on by, hang out with us, and, uh, and enjoy your time. Free to get in. Doors actually opened here uh, earlier today, real early this morning. Matter of fact, about what 10 a.m. Yeah, 10 a.m. it uh, will close down at six, and then. They'll have Latin nights that open up at 9 o'clock. So um, you can make it a whole day. You can come here hang out for a little while. You can go clean up, get ready, and then boom, come back for Latin nights and get your fiesta on a little bit. Matter of fact, I might do that my damn self. <laughs> you know, ain't nothing wrong with that. I can do it for the weekend. I get my fiesta on,
2: right? You know what I'm saying? A little something, something?
3: Maybe not. I don't know. Ari, I would tell Ari to come and get his fiesta on, but Ari's not the fiesta type guy.
2: No, you don't know that. I do, because every do. time I invite you somewhere, <laughs> you never show up. It's true. It's just the timing. I'm, I'm one of those people you can make fun of that, like, I have to know ahead. I'm not This is one. Okay,
3: this is the scenario, and then we'll take a break. Yes. This is the scenario. I always say that NFL teams, if they want a player, they can find a way to sign a player and get them under the contract. If they want to keep them badly, they can get a guy under the contract. Well, I say the same thing for people that are invited places. <laughs> if they really want to go, they'll go. If they don't want to go, they'll say, yeah, I'll see what I can do.
2: That is 100% true.
3: No, I know. Yes. I know. It is 100% true. You do. I had a buddy back in Texas named John Smith, and he was the guy every Thursday and Friday we would uh, we would go hang out. It would be Thirsty Thursday. It would be the first day. Then it matured into uh, Fantastic Friday, whatever. Whatever F word you wanted. At some point it turned into a Saturday as well. But it started with Thirsty Thursday. And then on Fridays we, we'd uh, meet up as well. So I remember texting him one day, and I was like, hey, man, you coming to the spot? Yeah, I'll see what I can do, and I like, okay. So I'll see you next Thursday. That's a no, yep. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. So at that point, then I realized, okay, look, when someone tells you they'll see what they can do, that absolutely means, yeah, I'm not coming. I'm not going to be there. So whenever I say, Ari, you should come on out and <laughs> hang out with us, you're like, um, I'll see if I can make it. Oh, the timing. Oh, yeah, that, <laughs> that just that's just an excuse for I'm not going to go, which is fine. You don't want to hang out with me. That's all right. Uh, that's cool. Hey, I have as I look around the pool area, I have like 85 friends hanging out with me right now, so I'm good. I just thought I was gonna bring one of my you know, one of my guys, one of my oh, homeboys. Now
2: he's trying to guilt trip me in. now i no. Oh no, it's cool, man.
3: Stay, keep, <laughs> hey man, keep your behind at the radio station. I'm it's all okay. I'm here hey, with look. all my
2: friends here at the radio station. That's
3: right, yeah, I know. I AC. know. The, the radio station on a Friday, I can imagine how nobody is there.
2: <laughs> yes, that is a fact. <laughs> I have no friends. <laughs> Sylvia's over here. Shout out oh, to her. Oh, that's
3: only because the consultant's I'm my in only town. Friend. <laughs> if the consultant wasn't in town, Sylvia would already be on a uh, on a one of these one of these uh uh-huh. day beds and chilling, getting some sun. She wouldn't be tripping. But there's people around that matter, so she's like, well, let me go ahead and, and work the whole eight hours today.
2: <laughs> I'm, putting everybody, right, I'm putting everybody's
3: right. business in the street. I don't mind.
2: Yeah, you're feeling yourself at the pool. No, I it. it's all good. I, like, <laughs> I
3: say it, it Enjoy don't matter. It. I, I talk about her all the time. She is the one that is notorious for, and everybody has this person in their building. Like the one person who all of a sudden will make that beeline to the door and not make eye contact with <laughs> anybody. She is the beeline to the door with no eye contact. Yep. And I know about that person because I used to be that guy. At one point, I used to just get out there. When everyone had their back turned, I'd be like, all right, I'm going.
2: Hey, man, sometimes you need to because people want to chat and talk. Well, and
3: that's, that, see, that's, and this is when I worked at, like, the grocery store, when I worked at FedEx, something like that. The problem is now, since I've been, well, basically since I've been alive, I'm the loudest dude in the room. So when it gets quiet, everyone knows I'm gone, right? <laughs> Everyone's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on, I hear Q. I mean, literally, the people in the sales department, they know, oh, hey, Q's in the building. We hear him all the way across the hallway. <laughs> I have one level of, of, of voice. There's no inside voice. There's nope. no outside voice. It just remains the same tone.
2: On 10 at I all got, times. Yeah, exactly. From I 5 a.m. and up.
3: <laughs> yeah, 5.30 in the morning, I wake up, and I'm like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's get out of bed. Turn the news on. What's going on? Oh, they're still investigating Tupac's death. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's real thing, too. By the way. Oh yeah. Like I'm not making this stuff up. They're really still investigating Tupac's death from twenty-six years ago. This is insane. It is. And I mean I feel like they're actually like I feel like any minute now we're gonna get some breaking news like, hey, so and so just got arrested in the murder of Tupac. And I'm like, wait, hold on. That was twenty-six years ago.
2: I have yet to see anything that's that makes any sense that, that actually I mean, they're gives really me recovering. No, but they,
3: when they went and, and did the, the search warrant, they recovered stuff. It wasn't like they just showed up and shook hands and kissed babies. They took oh. like laptops, they took pictures. They took a, a, a memoir. Like, they took, like, I mean, was this guy writing down stuff? Like, hey, man, I know who killed Tupac, and this is who it was, but I'm going to keep it right here written in my, like,
2: what was going on? Yeah, we might be seeing something coming up soon. That's what I'm saying. Some like, developments. I,
3: like, I joke and kid about it, but literally I might feel like we're going to wake up at some point and there's going to be some breaking news. It's like, the guy that they man, killed that would, Tupac is now in custody. It's like, what?
2: amazing if you think about it.
3: Yeah, but it seems to me it feels like it's just a little bit late. <laughs> Just a little. Just a little bit late. Like, I would have liked that, I don't know, 25 years ago instead of 26. But
2: I'll take it because I don't think any of us ever thought, I don't know. I, mean, I don't either. I don't this know. This was d- up there with, like, is Elvis alive? Is is Tupac, I used to hear this. Well, those two you know, things. the
3: funniest two things, and then we'll, we'll we'll ask for call number nine for the Battle for Vegas tickets because I do want to give out a four pack of tickets to this softball game between the Golden Knights and the Raiders tomorrow at, uh, at, at the Las Vegas ballpark. Tupac's murder has not been solved, and neither has Biggie's. If you think that that's a coincidence, I also have a planet that I'd like to sell you, <laughs> right? I mean, seriously, I have a large uh, plot of land in my backyard that I would like to sell you because that is not a coincidence at all. But I digress. call number nine is what I'm looking for. 702-365-9200, Battle for Vegas. It's the charity softball game between the Golden Knights and the Raiders taking place tomorrow at... The Las Vegas ballpark, it's a beautiful ballpark. The A's, it's so beautiful the A's want to play there. So uh, you can go enjoy it, hang out with your family. we got four tickets for you. Call number nine again, 702-365-9200. We're at the Sahara Las Vegas, the ZLO Ultra Pool with Radio Nation Radio, 920. Hour number three is on the way.